if they catch another person talking sweet about Chief Keith, <laughs> it's going down. Welcome back to another episode of Moves at the Blue Line. We're getting ready to swing around the wild world of whatever it is that's going on in hockey, both local and national. Here we go. Uh, we are back once again to have the full lineup at Moves at the Blue Line. Leo Stodder with you here, one of the part of the three-headed monster. We're also joined by minor league hockey veteran in the booth, Mr. Joey Dwyer. <laughs> Yeah, all those a uh, lot of miles, a lot of miles a lot on of these legs. Trips. You ever yeah. ride the piss hole? <laughs> no, I, I I was only allowed in the front of the bus. They didn't want you to see what goes on. <laughs> I was not allowed to see what goes on back there. No, and the other voice is our vice president of the analytics department, Mr. Dane Dreyfus. I couldn't crack president or anything. No, you still you don't trust you. You're in only, charge of your own department. <laughs> you're only allowed to call video review for offsides. Oof, that's a that's actually a pretty tough job. That, that sounds like a lot, lot more responsibility than we're willing to give. And how right many now. times do you actually get the opportunity to to like get a chance at challenging something? GM has your number muted at this point. <laughs> yeah, every they, every play Dane's calling. He's like, that was an offside. He's like Kramer, where they give him the phone that's not actually connected to anything. <laughs> <laughs> we still trust him with responsibility. Oh here. yeah, oh he, yeah. He runs the Instagram. <laughs> wow, just uh, what? That's quick, responsibility. Quick that shout is. out. That is your you. Yeah. you uh, what's our handle for those that don't follow us? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's at moves at the blue line. If you're not one of our twelve followers, good luck trying to find it. Hey, we have thirty nine <laughs> on Insta. It's it's thirteen on Twitter, which is the uh, moves at the BL. Um, so yeah. Good plugs, good yeah, plugs. Good. We'll, uh, yeah, we got there. We're going to be getting more content out on all of those soon. So if you're not already following us, go find us and please follow, engage, like, retweet, subscribe. Uh, tell it's, your a, it's a repost now. Repost. On X. Thanks. Thanks. Quote tweet. Retweet. That's a that's a quote yeah, what, post. What do they call that? They call it a quote post. No, I don't know. That sounds. That doesn't. What, roll what's off the he, what's Elon building in there now? To get uh, him out something of there. that anyway. doesn't work. Okay, <laughs> before before we get started, right. I, I would like to shout out the person who designed our logo, Maddie there McCone. Uh, she did an excellent job. You're going to see us rolling out multiple versions of the logo. Hopefully, at some point, we'll be rolling out some merch too. But uh, I'll, I'll shoot a pass over to Leo now yeah. and uh, get back. No, at Maddie it. did awesome with those logos. They're all over our social media. So. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell your boss to follow us on social media. We're going to be stepping up our game on that very soon. But it has been a few days since our last podcast, and we'll start with what we know best, talking some Chicago Blackhawks. So the Blackhawks, big win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Trying to think where I want to start this. I think we should start with the fact that Corey Perry is the highest, highest scoring Chicago Blackhawk through I, I four games. I want to start... With both the Toronto fan base, Ryan Reeves, everybody else, has me out here defending Corey Perry, which is a space I did not think I would be living in and it, a year ago. And it sucks so bad, but I like everybody's always said that Corey Perry is a guy you love to love have on your, on your team. team. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, that guy sucks. I hate him. I hate watching him play. And now he's on the Blackhawks, and I'm like, oh, like his my thing with he. I didn't hate him as much as I hated like a Ryan Kessler or an Alex Burrows because the Hawks in their heyday only faced them the one time and it was a series they won and he didn't do anything, which was kind of his thing. <laughs> um, so he didn't get under my skin as much as some of like the Canucks or even some of the Blues players from that era. But 
now that he is a Blackhawk, I can kind of see why Ducks fans did ride for him so much. And uh, yeah, the whole saga with Ryan Reeves, I don't know where you guys are on that with Reeves still chirping him two days after a loss when Perry scored the game winning goal. Like I didn't think I would be rooting for Corey Perry, that that's my ride or die guy or that I'm defending him. But Toronto just does these things to you, man. I don't know. Yeah, the Toronto media could be very toxic, especially when it comes to losing. Uh, at the hands it of the It was Black a Hawks. regular season loss, and they're still talking about it two days later. There's something about whenever the Leafs play the Hawks. It is so weird. Yeah. Like, I, I, all I can remember is that uh, Austin Matthews, I can't hear you game uh, with local boy Garrett but, Sparks and Net. Yeah. I, I find it very interesting. And then on top of it, too, you have uh, Corey Perry and Nick Felino. Is why do they look like they're in their prime right now? <laughs> like, why? I try, probably not going to last that long. No, like these, <laughs> these. They're going to run out of gas by mid-November. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, Corey Perry and, oh, my. Steep cliff. He was cherry-picking hard on that Gino. But yeah. uh, Nick Felino too, such a great ad for this squad. He, his leadership has been palpable for the first couple games. And then, I don't know if you guys heard the story about uh, Jim Montgomery, the coach of the Bruins, how his mom passed away. And Nick Felino left him, like, a, a two-minute voicemail and got Jim Montgomery, like, choked up just talking about it. It's like, those are the guys you need in the locker room, just stand-up men. You know, when they acquired Felino and, like, you hear all that, oh, he brings leadership. and exp-, You kind of roll your eyes at that at first. But, then, like, you do kind of see... He kind of has been that figure that like has really taken Bedard under his wing too, and you hear like he's helped him out a lot with stuff getting acclimated to town and everything. Like it, it, you do need veterans like that on the team, and you see kind of where that does matter. And I think he, you know, him and even Perry too. Like uh, seems like he's helped out a lot with the rookies and some of the stuff off the ice. Like it does make sense. You know, those are moves in the offseason you, you don't always understand, but then you see them, how they interact with the room. It, it does make a lot of sense. And looking at the guys that both of these squads brought in, talking about, like, these veterans to lead, like, the Hawks and the Leafs brought in a bunch of guys to, like, be locker room guys and bring some muscle. Getting back to the game, yeah, I would not have put money on the two guys fighting that did. Connor Murphy and Noah Gregor. <laughs> kind of a... who. Connor McGregor? (laughs) Really? Like, out of all the guys, like, you've got Bertuzzi. A couple large Irish boys sparring. I guess, but not what I was expecting if we were going to see a tilt Monday night. No, and, like, the whole narrative going into that when, uh, the Hawks announced they were scratching Tenorti, and people were getting all worried on Twitter, like, why are you scratching Tenorti when Ryan Reeves is in the lineup? Because you want to put guys out there that, like, what did Reeves play? Like, seven minutes? I don't even remember seeing him on the The highlight of the game was when he was yelling at Corey Perry from the bench. Like, the best way to beat guys like Reeves and Forsters is to be scoring and to just be better than them. Like, you don't necessarily need to worry that much about them because at the end of the day, they didn't matter as much. It, It mattered that the Hawks had lines that could score out there. And the Leafs are a good team. You need speedy lines out there. What would... What would Jared Tenorti have been providing with Marner and Matthews and Nealander just flying by him the whole game? He, we were talking about him last show. He is looking slow. He's looking bad. He deserved to sit down because of what he does on the ice. Is he the Hawks' true enforcer or heavyweight? Probably, but that doesn't do you anything if you can't produce on the ice. The best thing he does for the Hawks or isn't even for the Hawks. It's for our friend group and just being the <laughs> group chat name of our Hawks watching group chat, yeah. uh, Jared Tenoris. But I still find He's it a folk fa- hero. I find it fascinating that he has like six career goals and like two hundred career games, and he had two in one game <laughs> last year. That was so funny. Lightning strikes twice. And getting back to the game, <laughs> Joey's like, "Can we please stay on track?" No, it, it's fine. I was just. One thing that kind of hurt me 
uh, watching this game. Tell me about it. And it didn't really hurt as much as it just like, uh, I don't know. But I had mixed feelings about it. Mackenzie Entwistle scoring the first goal. <laughs> so a little inside hockey here. My girlfriend, Emma, who is probably upstairs right now. Spit it out. Um, <laughs> Use your big boy words. <laughs> we were on the way to Home Depot because coming back from homecoming, you know, my stomach was not feeling the greatest. Clogged the, to- the toilet in the new house for the first time. <laughs> we didn't have a plunger. It's, you've lived here for how long? Is it, right? Like th- yeah. four months now. Wow. Good for you. Impressive numbers. But we didn't yeah. have a plunger, so we had to make a quick run to Home Depot. We're listening to the... Uh, we're listening to the game on GN when uh, Entwistle scores the first goal. And Emma says to me, like like her and Mackenzie Entwistle are friends from fourth grade. She's like, oh, well, you guys were talking shit about Mackers on the podcast. <laughs> Big Mac. Big, and I'm like, you, go, you don't know the, the guy. Mac daddy. Hey, this is first game. Bernie Mac. But you know what? If he can contribute to this team and look as good as he did in Toronto, no. like I'm not mad at well, it. Well, and it was still preseason when we were we were talking shit on his name, and then he had a highlight real goal against St. Louis too. So he the only preseason highlight I remember him is him falling against Detroit <laughs> and then trying to break his stick. Tripped on the blue line. <laughs> no moves at the blue line. Yeah, that's the name of our podcast. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, but kind of on the Mackenzie Entwistle thought. I think the Blackhawks, you know, because last season, guys like Entwistle or Reese Johnson mattered too much to that team. We're playing too big of roles because somebody had to play those roles on a yeah. bad team. I think your hope is now you bring in guys like Perry, you bring in Felino, Ryan Donato, that they're going to take those roles away from those guys. But those guys aren't going to play 82 games this year. Like they're going to be, there's going to be an injury for some of them or, you know, there's going to be times where they're now NHL Entwistle players. has to step back in. And I think... Now it's going to be seeing how he can capitalize on that opportunity because he's probably, at this point, sending down to Rockford. He'll get to play, but he's kind of that guy where he can handle that buffer role, where he can be the healthy scratch for a while and gets called upon now to to fill in. And who knows? Maybe if he can run with that, he can be a, a good piece for the fourth line or something. But it was good to see he can come and be fresh because uh, he was also in that article uh, on The Athletic about the guys that were fighting for their spot in the bubble where – he said he was just hoping now he does, he got used to the NHL life and he was trying to doesn't want to go back to riding the buses in the minor leagues like Joey Dwyer. And this was a big guy or this is a big game for guys like that because uh, Entwistle had the goal. Uh, Boris Kachuk had an assist on that one. Yeah. And then in the third, I guess Taylor Radish had his empty netter. But all kind of guys who you don't quite know where their place is on this team, but they produced pretty well a against couple- a, what we think is going to be a good Toronto team. Oh, yeah. And then. Um, another big, just looking at the box score, the other thing that stands out to you is Kevin Korchinski. Uh, Korch. F- first career point. Um, happy for him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about Hawks' young defenseman, I think, was that the Alex Vlasic game? I mean, <laughs> Vlasic, dude, Vlasic Alex, game. yeah. He looked, he looked really on, good. Him with, and Seth Jones looked unreal together. And that going in the year, that probably wasn't the pairing I would have thought would make the most sense, but it, it's kind of been working. Uh, like Vlasic, was it the Perry goal where he had that awesome stretch pass mm-hmm. on the dot out of the zone? Like, he he's not a puck mover, he's not an offensive defenseman. But if this makes sense, he does smart things with the puck. So sometimes. he's his cousin, is what you're saying, Mark yeah, Edward? Yeah, I, I, I prime Mark Edward Vlasic was a fun defenseman to watch. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was arguably a top ten, like, top fifteen defenseman. And, and he was he was worth his contract. He played on a team with Brent Burns, who got the points and everything. So everybody, when you talk about Sharks defenseman in that area, it always went to Burns. But like 
Vlasic was what the straw that stirred the drink there and may, kind of would allowed Burns to go on his adventures in the offensive zone. But besides Alex Vlasic, I do think he has high hockey IQ. Like he's he's not going to be going coast to coast scoring. Another goals. local boy, too. Great. <laughs> uh, that's a whole nother rant I'll save for later about the local guys. But uh, that's for the evergreen pod. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think he, it. It's going to be big about Korchinski or about Kaiser this year, but if Vlasic also continues to develop, if you get three young guys up to NHL speed this year, that on the D pairing, like that could be wild. And I thought the most impressive thing about Vlasic and Jones both in this game, um, they both had the assist on the Corey Perry goal, but what was most impressive is they were matched up for a lot of the game against that Matthews Marner line and those guys were completely ineffective the entire night no and we talked about that last podcast with a young team on the road so much you're gonna face a lot of unfavorable matchups with young players and they've seemed to be stepping up and able to handle those tougher tasks early on at least and what? So you got you start the season five games on the road Um, yeah that's who's the who's their next game it's tomorrow right Avalanche. Avalanche. Yeah. Oof. I think it's a win if you come out of that two and three. Like that's yeah. I, I would be more no, than yeah. stoked with For that. For a team that doesn't have expectations of winning either. Yeah. So you're going into this and people the Hawks are five hundred and we can all sit here and say we are surprised. Yeah, and I mean goalieing doing a lot right now and oh my goodness. What's the penalty kill been at too? I feel like the penalty kills hundred percent. The penalty kill yeah. looks great. So it's that's gonna burst eventually. You well, have to it, think, but like right now, it's working. But there's gonna be po- there's yeah. gonna be uh, negative regression for the penalty yeah. kill, but then positive for the power play right. too. And not to mention Connor Bedard, and I, I, obviously we're gonna keep coming back to him in his development yeah. this season. But he has been phenomenal. He could easily have three or four goals, yeah. and he's missed a couple of huge opportunities where he's come back to the bench slamming a stick. Which no, I mean. Sometimes hockey's going to hockey. Like, weird things happen. Like, a bounce here, a bounce there. Like, he could have four goals right now, or he could just have the one. Like, it's, he's but, got three but points the, in four, in four and games. And the big thing is, he's, he's getting those chances still. They're just not going in right now. Eventually, that dam's going to burst. They're going to start going in. Yeah, like, it, I was just about to say, that when you get that many good looks, things will eventually start falling your yeah. way. It would be one thing if he wasn't getting those looks, um, but he's getting them. And-, and and not only is he getting them, but he's producing for himself, too. You see how many times he leads the rush. The, his he, first goal. And he had one, again, against the Leafs, where he blew by Klingberg on the left wing, got behind him, and it was just a good save by Joseph Wool. But he's making those opportunities for himself and facilitating the rest of his line in the offensive zone. The game just looks so slow when he's yeah. like, he, it, it, or not that he looks slow. He He's not necessarily the most fleet of foot, but he's so... He makes the game look slow around him. Exactly, and he's yeah. so intentional with his strides, and I love... He's so smart with his chips and his puck play, and it, it, he doesn't necessarily engage on a on like a, a twenty eighty puck, no. but on a fifty fifty, he's gonna he's gonna get in there. And I think back in the day with a player like Bedard, that was unacceptable. They were like, "You need to be in on every puck yeah. for checking hard." It's like that's not smart hockey. That's not uh, sustainable hockey. Bedard, in my opinion, is making super smart yeah. decisions, and. I know it's bad juju just to hold your breath every time that he hits the ice because he's he's not necessarily the largest player, but man, does he he doesn't necessarily put himself in bad positions. Yeah. And I, I you kind of talk about where like players show awareness. To, it's like it's on watching him when he has the puck. It's like the same way 
I don't want to you know, make the Connor McDavid comparison or the Patrick Kane, but when a guy with that much skill had the puck and you see the defense almost like freeze up, like thinking, what am I going to do? Like you could tell just defenders are thinking so much when he has the puck out there. Like he already commands so much respect. It's crazy. And it's only a matter of time before these pucks see, start going in even more. And uh, my difference between Bedard and McDavid is when McDavid has the puck, the game doesn't slow down. It speeds up to yeah. where no one, like if you blink and you're watching the game, you're going to miss something a la Connor McDavid's goal the other night against oh, Nashville. The, the, the one where he spun around on his knees or whatever. Like, yeah, that was a lot of luck, too. The yeah. defenseman absolutely whiffed on that. That was puck. like something right out of uh, Mighty Ducks or something. I think you tweeted that out, didn't you? I didn't, no. I should have. Someone else did. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Unoriginal, Leo. Um, oh, man. But in regards to uh, Connor Bedard. should have tweeted that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean. What are the other I tweeted out two days after the fact? What kind of engagement am I going to get on that? Yeah. Yeah, and Mikey Fernelli will probably like it and retweet it, and yeah, probably. I mean, you're a shout, shout out 120 pod, but uh, <laughs> um, I mean, the only tweets that you've been first on the beat on is uh, Tavo Tervine and Ben Affleck tweets. Yeah, he's had a good start. Not to yeah, not to I'm, I take a tangent. Pulling into we'll we'll get to that later. But, I'm sure, but, but let's yeah. let's ramp up the Hawks. I, yeah. I only I've only Hawks got thoughts. I've only got one more thing. Oh, I got a few. How long until? Arvid Soderblom or Soderblom or Soderblom. How long until he is the official starter? Right now he's got a 955. That'll regress. Let, let me preface well, your, your question with another question. How long until we know how his name is actually pronounced? Because we've heard it four well, different yeah, ways. Because the local broadcast will say it different than the uh, national broadcast. Like, Because his brother's in the league, too. And he says it different. I feel like everybody says it. I, I know Vosters or Joe Brand or someone asked him and tweeted it out last year, but now I can't seem to recall. And it's not us being unprepared. No. We we it's something that yeah. at, a, at a certain point we need a clip of RV. I, the way the way it works in media, like the, what the team puts out, sometimes isn't always correct. Uh, backstory on our alma mater: there was a player on the volleyball team from Austria. The media notes for two years had her name put down the wrong way. I know way. exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Norianka, uh, her name for two years in the media notes it said Norajanka, but then eventually because she was new to the country, she didn't feel as comfortable correcting uh, the media people but then eventually she felt like hey this is how you say my name so it could be a case too with Arvid he was called up in season last year might have only had like one chance to get to say how your name's pronounced and it got lost in uh in the shuffle so I looked it up I was just doing a little bit of efforting thanks I found somebody and I'm I'm in the annals I'm on r slash Detroit Red Wings on Reddit okay um and that's a scary place. <laughs> it's, shout out user Turbo underscore Triforce. Um, Is this profile uh, picture like a Ford Mustang or something? It, it's just a Reddit avatar. Okay. I it, I was gonna assume it was Datsuk breaking Couture's ankles. It's back it's in the either day. like a car thing or like a or a really weird Red or maybe they're really or, they're a really big Taylor Gabriel fan. The Bad Boy Pistons. Okay, continue. So, uh, Turbo underscore Triforce <laughs> is a native Swedish speaker. And the last name originally has the umlaut over the O. Sick. That's what that's called. Which yeah. is, so it's the two awesome dots. Word. It's the two dots. Shout out also, uh, real quick, to all of our foreign listeners. Both um, of you. We love you. Like twenty percent of our listeners are in France and Germany. So thank you guys. We oui, we. Oui. Um, Cristobal Huey, thank you. <laughs> but so the umlaut over the O is pronounced like it, the uh, Turbo Triforce says like E R and her. So it's like uh. Right, so it's Söderblom. I'm gonna get that nope. wrong a lot. <laughs> Söderblom. Söderblom. Uh, it's like a you're making an. How, how would someone with a thick Chicago accent say it? 
That's Sider Blom. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's how would a, a, a caller at local talk sports sports talk radio say it? That's how I'm going to say it. Okay, back to what I was saying about yes. the the clip there though. We go. Uh, like we need a clip of him saying how he wants to pronounce because well, Elias- I think Vosters tweeted out last year and because Elias Patterson had something similar like this where he said I don't care yeah same with Luis Robert in Chicago and another recent one uh, in sports in general was Devon Achan the running back for the Dolphins but what's funny is like it was like week three he had a huge breakout game and he's yeah. like okay this is what I want to be called Arvid you started the season yeah. unreal. Do the media a favor and uh, put us in our place. Let us know what you yeah. want to be called. As someone with a hard to say last name, like it is. Sometimes you just roll with it and uh, don't even. Uh, you have a hard to say last. That's name. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Y- you guys have gaslit me into not even knowing how my last name is pronounced. <laughs> I I have been a, I've been a big Dreyfus guy forever. Is that what I said tonight? And I say both. It but I depends, I asked yeah. I asked you once and you said honestly I don't know. Dry. Well, I grew up on Dreyfus, and yeah. then I was talking to my parents, and I'm pretty sure they said it the way <laughs> yeah. you said it. Well, so, I'm. Just, I, I'm more in touch with your roots than you are. Same way, uh, some of like some of my family says "stouta her" and I say "starter her." I don't know if that's like the sh- the accent uh, for me, like, but because uh, I think that happened at the tailgate. My one of my cousins was there, and she said her last name is st- different than I say it. Like, uh, it just kind of varies. But we'll figure it out with Arvid. Getting back to Joey's original question, I think you do have to consider. Peter Morazic is not going to be upright for this whole year too. He's he's always going to have a, an injury or something like. So I think you can count, and we will get to see. Uh, a lot of Arvid this year, maybe some Jackson Stout. There's no, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no. It's J- Stauber. Jackson. It, it, that one is Stauber. It's Jackson Stauber. And uh, oh my god! And yeah. then there's Drew. Uh, is it? It's Camaso, right? Yeah, I don't think we'll see him in the NHL no, this no, year. No, no, Goal, not this like, season. Yeah, we, but I think it is. There's probably going to be a chance where there is an extended look of Arvid at so. And you, you don't. You hate saying that it's almost a guarantee someone's going to get hurt. But Morazic, I feel like does get. A little ouchy sometimes. He, he has ease, very injury prone. I don't yeah. think there's a problem. How does Peter Morazic have the easiest name to pronounce out of all the right? And he's got he's got consonants in, in his name that go other. together that don't usually go together. Yeah. Chance the rapper would. He's got an S, lo- a K, and a J all next to each other. <laughs> oh, and that was with uh, Brady Shea. Yeah. In that, yeah. Uh, could you imagine Chance the rapper trying to pronounce Arbor Jackeye on the Canadians? Oh my god! Th- th- that's the one that is literally the X, the K, and the J. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, and that's that was this one. edition of Hockey Last Names. Thanks for listening. <laughs> but but I think it, whatever it, that bubble is going to burst at some point with him. But I feel like his numbers from last year don't didn't do him quite justice because he was on a bad team in a bad stretch at times. Like I thought he had moments last year where he looked good. Other times where his confidence looked shaky. But he was a young goalie thrust into a tough situation. And goalie development is weird. Sometimes you just take your lumps and you just have to kind of weather through that and eventually. It, Goaltending development is weird. It, it's not, I don't want to compare it to quarterbacks. Nobody quite knows how to do it, and it's hard to replicate. And sometimes you just hit on a guy that was drafted in the late rounds while top prospects fail. There's no rhyme or reason to go. Yeah. I really think it's just some guys have it and some yeah. guys don't because you have to be – everybody in hockey talks about it, how goalies are a little yeah. bit off the wall. And, like, even goalie coaches, I feel like that doesn't always matter. Well, like, uh, unless it's Mitch Korn or one of the Waite brothers – Goalie coaches is just a crapshoot because well, everybody does it differently. And all the thing is, too, is goalie is arguably the most important position in hockey, yet you only see about one or two every draft class drafted in the first round. Yeah. It's because it's such a crapshoot. Yeah. And, and it takes longer to develop, too, where you want to use your first-round picks on guys that will be up quicker kind of as well. Yeah, and, and Marc-Andre Fleury uh, – 
played in in his first season as a, as a first overall pick, former Blackhawk. Too. He's a unicorn. Like I mean, going first overall, playing right away, having a Hall of Fame career. But too. And he was bad right away though, too. Yeah. Which is it's they don't get the the benefit of the doubt a, a, a normal skater would for the learning curve that right. it takes. And goalies too have such an interesting career progression. Like there's a reason that, and not to take it to the minors, but there's a reason that when you look at guys who have made it from the ECHL to the show, like most of them are goalies because when you're looking at forwards, you have to beat out, you know, speaking generally, 23 other guys per level. When with goalies, there's less chops. Two, you have to beat out two guys to get up there. So like. There two, was, two slash three, but you're, you're yeah, right, but a great like, point. But like but, one of the guys who was with the SPHL's making mayhem last year was on the tr- training camp roster for the Golden Knights. Yeah. And that's four leagues different yeah. in North America. You're not even counting anything overseas. Mm-hmm. So when you find a guy who is able to produce even for a little while, I, it's so special. And I mean, sometimes you find a Zamboni driver too. Suck it, Leafs. There you go. <laughs> as I'm a as I'm a closet Leafs fan. Yeah, that's where I don't get with you. You're making fun of them, but yeah. then that, yeah, but we beat them. Like I, I told you at the end of the day, Hawks no Hawks till I die, and I, I like my Leafs and I want them to do well. But um, yeah, o- overall goaltending weird position. Yeah. Goalie's um, gonna goalie. I that's think like- I think another good example too is just Jack Campbell, first round pick yeah. with the Stars. People wrote him off. Uh, got his second win with, right I back? believe, uh, uh, L.A., and then found a starting role in Toronto. And, and now he's bad again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So you never, ever know. Yeah. Unless you have a guy named Marc-Andre Fleury or Carey he, Price. He, had a f- he got benched for Matt Murray in the Yeah, playoffs. I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Thomas Valkoon before that. Like, he, he had a couple of stints where he got— No, that was injury. Whatever. Uh, Valkoon okay. was injury. Still, like, he had times where he wasn't the number one guy in Pitts. Like, it, it's weird, like— he he's had a few different uh, arcs in his career, and now he's almost found like his he's aging like a fine he's, wine. He's at, found yeah, his yeah. It, it, he's like a sixteen year old dog at the pound who found his forever <laughs> home in Minnesota. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> oh, dude, I think I think Flurry has a lot of disdain for any team that's not Pittsburgh or Minnesota at this point. Uh, I think he doesn't like the way Chicago handled the situation and the way Vegas handled it. So I mean, but- well, he was traded to Chicago against his will, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, you had to agree to it. He could have retired. Uh, yeah, but he still wants to play. Yeah, he's got juice in the tank. Still got that Blackhawks dog kind of, in him. He's almost forty at this point, isn't he? Yeah, he just uh, got a standing O too in uh, Montreal for what could be his last game. But just notoriously one of the best uh, yeah. role models in the league. Still, he'll be one of my all-time favorite. Was a Blackhawk guy. Also, uh, uh, all-time set of jibs on that guy. His teeth are tremendous. <laughs> all-time <laughs> sets of pads. Every team. Yeah. Oh, and what they did with uh, um, having. Uh, the Native American artist do his helmet in Chicago. That was really cool. They need to hang that thing in the Louvre. That was yeah. a gorgeous helmet. Yeah, I feel like he just always top-notch swag with all his gear, all his looks, just uh, with every team. Go- like, he, he does the goalie position better than anyone else. Like, he just always One looks him good, and, plays good. Him and Lundqvist. Yeah. Those yeah. are two guys who are just drippy Dude, constantly. Lundqvist literally, after wins, like taking off his like a blocker or catcher, I can't remember what it was, then having the white glove underneath, it's like, man, you are <laughs> sauce. He's so money. Yeah. And like he's one of those guys who are like, you see him now, like he could have done like other professions than hockey. Like you see him when he's playing his guitar, it's like he could have been a rock star. He could have been like, a model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, could, he did yeah. do some modeling yeah. in New York. Good looking guy. What yeah. can we say? All right. Is there anything else we want to talk about about the Hawks, Hawks. Leafs game? 
Well, I was just going to one more thing about Flurry and his pads. Oh my God. One more thing Turn is that his off. pads were so good. He wore his Blackhawks pads in Minnesota. And they still worked. And it still well, looked can, can, phenomenal. Because it was like he did like to throw back brown pads, but like still with a modern twist to them. So like they still look throwbacky, but modern, if that makes any sense. Like 100%. A, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like, and I, uh, I just thought he of, just didn't do the full on rip off of the throwback. Like he still had a couple. I'm trying to pick, yeah, a little bit of other like. And had a Genesequa yeah, yeah. of of not trying to do the full retro yeah. look. No, yes, uh, great looking set of equipment. Um, while we are getting into the Hawks Leafs, wrapping that up, stick taps to Luke Richardson. I'd say through these first four games, I love Richardson. And again, I think well coached teams, even if they don't have as much on the roster, always kind of start off the year well. We saw that last year, and then once the season kind of ramps up, that might be where it falls off a bit, like where they can outperform what the talent is. But I think you can you can definitely say Luke Richardson coach teams come ready to play every night, which, you know, the previous Hawks coach, he didn't exactly see that so much. There were times where they just get outclassed in the first five minutes and the game was already over. But Richardson, they come ready to fight because they've had a tough start to the schedule and they've been ready to play in every game. And I mean, if you're Luke Richardson, we talked about it in the preview where there are, there's a distinct difference between bridge coaches and... And forever coaches yeah. for rebuilding teams, homes. right? And he's trying to prove to this organization that he is the guy to take them right. to where they want to be. And so far, he has done a tremendous yeah. job. And because uh, Steve Rosenblum, uh, one of my colleagues at Six Seven to Score, always he's had a bit of a I don't want to call it a rant, but uh, he did a opinion a look at first uh, or generational talents can be <laughs> almost uh, job security killers for coaches. I mean, Luke Richardson is different than a Dennis Savard or uh, Sidney Crosby had it. Did he have Eddie Olchek as his first coach? Or Mark Fleury had Eddie Olchek as his first coach. But he's probably better than some of the first coaches that McDavid or some of these other guys have. But, like, when you get someone like Bedard, there's a difference between driving a Corolla and a Corvette. Like, this, you have the Corvette in your garage right now. You have to make sure that thing doesn't get scratched up, doesn't get any bumps on it or dents. Uh, It's the pressure's on you right away. Where last year you're coaching guys like David Gust and Brett Senny. Now with Bedard, everything, however you handle him, it's going to get overanalyzed and it just puts the pressure on you that you might not have been expecting right away. Mm, yeah, I, I didn't do that uh, Rosie rant justice. He does it a lot better than me, but he's been doing this longer than we have. Well, and the difference too is the Blackhawks were fighting for a playoff spot with Jeremy Colleton because there was still some talent on the roster, but there were games where it was just like, oh my god! It took them what, the, in 2021 where they won like 10 games in the year without having a lead. It, it was brutal. It was and, awful. But even when they were bad last year without NHL players, they were still it, in games. It was a watchable product. They were still in games. Yeah. The wheels didn't fall off the wagon until about the third period in most games. And yeah. we give just Hawks fans in general, we give Jeremy Colleton a lot of guff, and he deserves Des- it. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. Okay. Well, deserved. But at the same time, you look at what he was working with he had he had young guys who were not nhl players and an aging core that was definitively checked out i mean okay let's break that down for a second you had young players who weren't nhl guys who were said guys like Nicholas you Bodan or yeah you look at the guys like bodan I mean, or like barely played or oh my god who's the other one uh Ian mitchell the, or yeah bokefist bokefist nhl guy i'm trying to think of oh dennis gilbert another one of those guys like you <laughs> had a good notre dame boy you're talking about <laughs> you had all these guys like that who i, I shouldn't have said aren't nhlers bottom but, of the roster players yeah and like, you couldn't get anything out of them and, and and then you had 
your guys who were supposed to be your bell cows yeah. who just did not care anymore. And that's where uh, if they brought in someone like Peter Laviolette, like he probably could have got more out of that core at that point when the coaching changes happened than Colleton would have. Just if you brought in an <laughs> NHL coach to Kane or Taves or Seaver, I. Uh, he probably would have been able to, they would have respected him more. I figured Colleton goes in there giving his speeches from the bathroom and those guys are just laughing at him. <laughs> um, yeah, no, couldn't agree more. <laughs> couldn't agree more. One day, one day we'll tell the Peter Laviolette story on the pod. Yeah. Today is not that day. Today no. is not that no, day. No, we, we like, got to get our, our followers and subscribers up. So tell your friends if you want to hear that story. That, mm-hmm. And that's going to be like we need a, to hit a huge threshold to yeah. tell that story. When, this is uh, when we hit when we hit a thousand listens and can qualify for Spotify AdSense, then you will get the Peter Laviolette yeah. story. Yep. That uh, holding a story like for ransom. One of my <laughs> high school teachers had a he had an. Because he had a, a side job too, and at his side job he had a run-in with Chief Keith. So this was like 2015 when Chief Keith was kind of a big deal. <laughs> this went off the rails. <laughs> and, well, he would just be like, "Listen, guys, if you guys behave all year, if you don't cause any trouble, I'll tell you the Chief Keith story." And he'd keep hanging that over our head, and he tells us the Chief Keith story, and it was kind of underwhelming. Like that's probably how the audience is going to feel about the Peter Laviolette story, but it, it's a good definitely piece for us. how they're going to feel i mean uh, there's a big difference between peter laviolette and chief keef yeah and this again this was like 2015 that's so, so, so this right was there. when he was at peak and you like, know what they say about the bitches these bitches love sosa, love sosa. Yeah. i have heard that once well, or twice I, it's been reported yeah. i think pete blackburn actually broke that well i also think too i've heard that if if they catch another person talking sweet about chief keef <laughs> it's going down <laughs> what <laughs> Stop marking stuff. No, we're, that, that would stay. I, I really, Dane. I really appreciated the censorship. Yeah, I mean, like we want to be kind of buttoned up. We don't need to be dropping yeah. f bombs here and there. But yeah. uh, uh, it'd be nice to get Chief Keef on the pod at some point, <laughs> and he and he can quote himself. Chief Keef, yeah. friend of the pod. Mm. We have six degrees of separation. Yeah, Chief Keef interacted with Mr. McAuliffe, who was my freshman history teacher. So we Don't can... quote me on this. My uncle might have arrested Chief Keefe at one point. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Did he still keep in touch? <laughs> Send him a Christmas card? Wouldn't that be one degree of separation? And moving on. Yeah. Uh, okay. I do. Let's let's close out this. Yeah, are we, are we done with Hawks Leafs? No, well, we, we need to close out with the revenge game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was can a we, lot of revenge yeah, games. Who's, yeah, we, we have to we have oh. to discern whose revenge this was. I feel like it can't be a leaf because they no, lost. No, like so. Sorry, you, Jake McCabe. Sorry, David Camp. Sorry, Max Domi. Yeah, you're not getting the nod. It was funny. Like we could literally do. We'll, we'll probably post on our socials just a list of whose revenge games it was. We'll post all the players that were on the former team. But it almost feels like the end of credits where it's like... This could be a bit. Yeah, it could be like... It's like literally all the former... Like there was... They almost roster swapped at one point with how many guys. I was like, oh, wait, he was a Blackhawk. Oh, wait, he was a Leaf. Oh, wait, he was a Blackhawk. Um, okay, so who's who's gets the revenge nod? Who Morazic didn't play, which disrespectful to Peter. Um... Oh, oh, Salino, maybe not as many guys as I thought. I think the person who got revenge taken out on him was Nikita Zaitsev. He got hurt Pardon? in that game, didn't he? Yeah. Or was that the Montreal game he got hurt? No, that was the Toronto. We didn't watch the Montreal game. That was the Toronto game. So yeah. it was it the Zaitsev revenge game? No. But who else? It's the revenge on Zaitsev game. Yeah, but he's is he the only other hawk who? No, we're missing. Felino played for the Leafs, right? He did. Oh, it's the Nick Felino revenge, revenge game. It's the Nick Felino revenge game. That's it, I think. 
Well, no, I think we're missing another one. There were so many. Uh-huh. Taylor Hall's probably played for him. Though. No. I know he hasn't, but it, Taylor Hall, like Mr. Seems like he would have been a Leaf at some yeah. point, just because he has a lot of different laundry from Sur- other teams. Surprised he wasn't a Leaf in 2016. Yeah. Um, Joey gets that reference. I'm there with you. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Leo doesn't. Wow. Bummer. Bamboo. You guys sitting over here with your inside jokes. Wow. Even, yeah, well, you're just not in tune with the league. I don't. What? Is this a Steve Dangle reference? No. This no, is like. Oh, because he's almost traded to. The trade was 26. Oh, are we going to play why Leo does not get it right now? Oh, man. You're <laughs> like so cool. Yeah. Leo, think, think about it. For, Taylor Hall was literally like the most notorious player in the league just for this one simple thing. Taylor Hall would play on teams that would get the first overall. Oh, oh I see. I see. I was gonna, if, yeah, yeah, 2016. And Matthews. Yeah. Wow, that Matthew, was... and then like because of the Sabres, and they got. Yeah, there we go. And yeah. Power. Was that Rasmus when he was no, with the Sabres? No, that was Power. They no, that's my draft before. year, 2018. Oh, my God. Dude, shut up. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting on the call still. <laughs> this guy showed up at the Combine <laughs> with his gear, and they didn't Dane, let him in. Dane showed up to the 2018 draft, like, all up in his suit. His parent, his extended family was there. <laughs> and then they're just, like, the the broadcast is just showing Dane, like, in the third round. He's still sitting. Nobody else is in the arena. <laughs> Dane's just there, and some, like, Swiss guy he's never heard of goes in front of him. So the 2017 draft was in Chicago. If it was the 2018 one... My fingers would have been crossed the whole time because I would say they're dangerous. I DM'd them my highlights. Dangerous with Bonzi Valley High School. Dangerous with Bonzi Valley High School. Dangerous with Bonzi Hey, well, Valley. you could have also been Dangerous Illinois State University ACHA D3. That wasn't until my <laughs> sophomore year of college. Oh, my, my apologies. Yeah. My apologies. I had, a, I had a bit of sabbatical. Okay, are we done with Leafs? Hawks. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm good on that. Um, okay. Well, puck do, has been dropped. Leafs, Hawks, over. Done. We're Doors not talking closed. about it. Do we still want to keep talking about the Leafs? No. Okay. That's mm-hmm. enough Leafs. Mm-hmm. A little bit? Go away, Leafs. A little bit Steve Simmons? Just a little sprinkle of Steve oh, Simmons on there? A little anti-Sheldon. Uh, Sheldon. You know, oh, we totally missed a Chief Keith Sheldon Keith like little little pun there, but... He doesn't deserve it. No, I was, yeah, I was about to say, speaking of getting... The only Keith that should have been arrested in that situation was Sheldon. Young Sheldon. That's his rapper <laughs> name. <laughs> okay. Now we can end the Leafs talk. That was bad. Done. That was that, worse than anything I could have said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you're giving yourself too much credit there. Now, well, let's move league-wide. Dane has something that's been getting at him. Want to start it off here? They're winless in Seattle. It's a really good pun. Like the movie Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, I see what you did there. Thank oh, you. Oh, that was really f- clever. Our- I think they used that as a headline in Seattle for the Mariners like four years ago. I remember ago. reading that article. Fuck you. <laughs> four years ago. That was a good one. That was a good one, man. I thought it was good. Yeah, but Seattle being winless, kind of weird. I, I've also, I was really it, hoping Seattle would upset, uh, uh, who'd they play in the second round last year? Uh, Dallas, right? Yeah. They played Dallas. I was really hoping that Seattle would play Vegas in the Western Conference Final so I could tweet out Manifest Destiny. That would have been good. I thought Westward, that's all, Westward that would, expansion. That's exactly that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm Ooh, saying. Uh, Blue Jays Nation Radio did a podcast in July of 2022 called Winless in Seattle. That was one of my favorite episodes of that particular <laughs> pod. <laughs> oh my God. Cam and Tyler. Dude, Cam and those are the boys. Hey, shout out to Cam and Tyler. We'll have them on the pod soon. We, they talked about the mess that was the Seattle series, how the Blue Jays can pull themselves out of this funk, and whether the solution is to make Charlie Montoyle the sacrifice sacrificial firing oh you know what cam and tyler are probably leafs fans we do need to have them on oh yeah cam and tyler this They're is doing a blue jays podcast seattle your, hasn't won yet 
But there we go. Back to business. Yeah. So, okay. Seattle. I, Seattle. Seattle. Oh three and one. Very important distinction. Talk to me. Yeah. Oh three and one took the Blues to the shootout. So they've got a point. Yeah, of course it's the Blues. They suck. <laughs> we need to have more Blues hate on this. We've given Corey Perry a lot of flack. Mark Shifley a lot of flack. I thought we were just hyping up Corey Perry. But with with Seattle, Backhanded. I think the big thing is, like we, we talked about it in the season preview, they are a team that's built to thrive as a group. They don't really have anybody who's a standout offensive threat. And at that, this stage. At this stage, yeah. Like, obviously, Beneers is going to take a step. Shane Wright's, uh, we're thinking, is going to be very good. But right now, that's kind of biting them in the ass a little bit. Four games, three goals as a squad. Three of those games on the road, too, so that's always tough to start the year on the road. Hey, but the Hawks are 2-2, two and two and they did it. Well, Hawks have a good coach. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've never been a huge Dave Haxtall guy. No, I was shocked he got a second chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then there, there's a couple undefeated teams, too. Vegas, not shocking. Um, who else we got that's undefeated? Colorado. Or it was Colorado undefeated. So, I mean, yeah. They just faced some good teams early. And I don't know. Records, it's, it's we're still a yeah. week and a half in the season. Yeah, Vancouver's week, not winning the cup. Like, so. these, these teams right now will not look the way they do in two months, let alone Cause, cause playoff what we were time. saying about, I mean, Hawks last season, perfect start. A bad team starts off hot because they just get a little bit more out of this group, and then it burns out. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to... Right now is not overreaction time. It's just about a team that hasn't won a game. I'm sure the Kraken will turn it around that division. And, uh, you know, they can... I think they'll be fine. As we're speaking, too, the um, Senators just got their third win of the year over the Capitals. They're, they improved to 3-1, and one, and it was a it was a shellacking, too. 6-1 six, six to one Well, win. the Caps are just bad. Yeah, they might bad. be in the running for a, for for, a high yeah. pick. Well, I mean, at, at this point... In the Capitals, you're not competing anymore. You're just you're trying just getting Ovi. To you're getting Ovi to break the record, goals. and then you can reset it. Just park him at the blue line every game, and <laughs> hey, don't move at the blue no. line. Put him right there in the rock go. star zone. Just let put him, put him at the Corey Perry spot. There you go. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. No, while we are overreacting, uh, the '72 Dolphins can't pop champagne yet because we still do have some undefeated teams. <laughs> How long can the Bruins, uh, Avalanche, and Knights keep their undefeated seasons going? It's so boring that the Bruins are good again. Yeah, yeah okay. Just, okay they, and that's the perfect narrative. They're of it. it's two way and too early. It doesn't matter. Well, also, too, the Red Wings are currently up 4-2 on the Penguins. DeBrinkett's got his fourth of the year already. Here are some scores that you already know the results to in the morning. Yeah. Want to do, do a go around the league? That would, I what think those are the only right two now? games. And they both <laughs> probably started. There's, this league sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we all, like Monday night, there were five games, and they all started at the same time. And that's going up against Monday Night Football, too. On a Wednesday when there's nothing... Yeah, we're recording this on a Wednesday, right? Uh, there's nothing going on in the sports. You got playoff baseball, but still, like you're not going up against the monster that is the NFL, and you have two games. Sick yeah. league. Sweet league. Speaking of sw- sick league, the other, the other thing we really wanted to talk about tonight is the news coming out about the NHL draft and how they might move to more of an NBA and NFL format. Oh, I got thoughts on that, buddy. Where it's like not quite yeah. and so all Jeff, in person. Jeff Greenberg was quote former Hawks assistant GM, now the GM of the Detroit Tigers, uh, was quoted saying that it makes it difficult to do, not difficult, but it's different to do trades because when you see everybody on the phone, word gets around. It's almost like you know a high school cafeteria. Everybody notices one of the teams is up to something, so that's why we see a lot of the bigger trades happen before. Um, I would say, though, 
just pure fan experience. Dan and I were both at the draft this year. There is something really cool because the draft is an odd uh, thing to go to when you think about it for a fan. Uh, you're going to see where a bunch of people are being assigned to work. Uh, but it was cool to see everyone in the hockey world sitting on one floor in front of you at that uh, particular function. And, and the whole thing about the draft or just anything in general is the NHL has in the past 20 years fallen behind. And this is a cool thing that they can do as far as fan and media engagement. Yeah. And I know that it lets you put a f- face to the GMs too. You get to see them all in their horrible public speaking abilities. Yeah, and as as a fan, when are the other times that you're going to get to be rubbing elbows with everybody from the hockey world? Like there's so many cool opportunities there. Yeah. And it, it it feels like you'd be missing out on something if they kind of shaved off a lot of the cool yeah. parts of the draft. Well, and the thing was too, um I, I was an absolute moron at the draft. Uh we got we got oh, it really? relatively early. Well, I'm a moron constantly, <laughs> but I, I was more of a moron than usual. Uh so me and a couple of my boys, shout out uh Bubba and Schlifke, uh we walked around, looked at some of the trophies and the cup was there for a photo op. So along with the cup, you're gonna have Phil Pritchard, the keeper of the cup, kind of a famous hockey yeah. icon. I've met um, him. No big deal. And, and we were we were waiting in line, and there was this young kid in a in a Carolina jersey, and I'm like, I'm like, that's not like a player's last name, but why is that name so familiar? The last name was Waddle. There you go. Their GM is Don Waddle, and so we got a picture with Phil Pritchard, and uh, he and obviously we thanked him. He shot the shit with him for a second. Great dude. That and is he was, cool. And he was like. Do you guys know who that was? And it was like, no, who was it? It was, it was like, that was Don Waddle. I was like, he's like, that's the GM for the Hurricanes. He was on the phone talking trade. And Loki, I thought that I literally called my dad right after him. Like, let me know if uh, Carolina breaks something because uh, it might have just happened right in front yeah. of me. I will tell the other half of that story from my perspective. That was when me and this is the second time we've dropped him on the show, Andrew Avola. We were at the rooftop bar across the street. Dane calls us. Ooh, you just met Don Waddell. You got to come over. I tell Evo, they're talking to Don Waddell. We just ordered drinks. He goes, I don't care. We got drinks here. We stayed at the <laughs> well, we rooftop bar we across. We didn't meet him. I, we saw him. He, I was probably screaming gibberish, yeah. though, because the cup's here. Yeah. All the awards are here. And we did hustle on. We wanted a picture with the cup and everything, but Evo had other priorities. He didn't care about rubbing elbows with NHL GMs. Well, he was he's a Nashville guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and I also got the opportunity. You know, Loki, we probably could have done a little draft recap for one of the first couple of episodes. But, uh, I'm glad we didn't. Uh, probably, because it would have just been an absolute snooze fest but <laughs> for uh, anyone that like isn't friends with us hearing all our stories from the draft probably won't we were cool. so close to a lot of the draft yeah. picks like i like i got to tell like daniel boot like hey congrats man that's awesome he said thank you uh leo carlson was walking down and i i gambled yeah. on the draft <laughs> and, and put leo carlson as a you second a overall problem. pick so I yelled at Leo Carlson. I said, "Leo, you're going second tonight. Book it, baby." He gave me a nod. He gave me a nod and a smile. And then, like, I'm one of the people in the 300 section, just screaming when this kid gets picked Can't second overall. Leo, um, Leo Carlson's going to be a pot on a podcast in like 15 years after he's a grizzled vet. Somebody's going to ask him about his draft day. He's going to be like, "Yeah, I found out." Uh, I was going second, not when they called my name. When some kid in a Hawks jersey. Yeah, some drunk Chicago fan yelled it to me on Broadway. <laughs> I will say, like, the NHL draft, it, it it was perfectly NHL because these GMs are all weirdos. They all are just classic hockey guys. Seeing them get up and try to public speak, like, 
uh, I'd like to thank the great city of Nashville for the hospitalization, uh, for the hospitality. Uh, congratulations to David Poyle. And like, what other draft do they think? Congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights on winning the Stanley Cup. And then like, you get Bill Garamy, like, big thanks to Tootsies for picking up the bar tab. Wink, wink. <laughs> like, it's just so weird where they force the GMs trying to public speak and they're all so bad it's at like, it. It's, it, it's funny like that's that's what makes it entertaining it's better than the commissioner doing it it's like it's like these gms go up and they tell them like hey you can do your draft pick but but you have to do you have to minute, six you have to do people. a minute of stand-up yeah. and like the the like two three teams thanked specific bars they were at i wonder how much of that is like hey hey bob no way you'll get up there and thank hinky dinks up there like <laughs> come on man do it now do wait, it. was like, it the bar that they were at in nashville or was it where they were hosting the draft party because uh the davidson was, mentioned the davidson probably mentioned the hawks draft party the wild guys mentioned the bar they were at the night before and you could tell they were all giggling up there uh, like that was definitely like Come on, say it, say it. Because <laughs> I haven't had the chance to go to the Salt Shed yet in Chicago, but I've heard great things that it's a really cool spot. Yeah, like the like teams did thank their watch parties, but the ones that thanked like the thanks for hosting us the night before, like those guys, those guys were funny. And the the Coyotes weirdos all in their matching suits. Yeah, like, those guys. <laughs> well, um, guys, just, it would look so sick if we all wear the same suit tonight. You miss out on so much of that. Yeah, because hockey people, hockey executives are all weirdos because they're all former players. They're all just. You know, well, redneck Canadians like they're they're It's just hilarious getting them all together and just seeing what the hell happens. That, that's what uh, brings me to say about the Blackhawks GM Kyle Davidson. And I think another one, too, is the Pittsburgh GM Kyle Dubas. Shout out Nerds. to Kyle's nerds. But when it comes to the to GMs, they're not former players. They're the most human and normal dudes. Kyle Ky- from Chicago. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle. Like, that's what I love about Davidson is he seems like a pretty well put together dude. Yeah. And what's funny is that uh, you mentioned all these GMs like thanking each other and patting each other on the back. It's and a boys congratulating- club. Yeah, yeah. Well, not just a boys club, but from like just reports in, in negotiations and trading with other GMs. There's motherfucks being thrown, motherfucking each other and yelling at each other. Uh, and then We've they. seen Moneyball. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and, but I, in hockey, it gets really aggressive behind the scenes. Because they're hockey guys. Ugh. Yeah, I get goals with the with the stereotype. But overall, like, it, it's funny to watch these guys sit up there. And, and I guess it goes with the culture of hockey where it's like, uh, leave it on the ice, be classy, and yeah. leave it in the war room. But it, it, it's sitting there like... It's like, can we get rid of the niceties? Like, you're you're here to win a fucking yeah. cup. You but know? I mean, to an extent, I think they all know each other too. Like, they're mfing each other on the trade negotiations, but they do know. Like, okay, when I get fired from this job, I'm calling up my buddy that I played junior with, who's going to get me a job with the next team. Like, and, and pardon my French, thank you for saying M- mfer there, but no. uh, yeah, my bad. It's all good. Yeah, dirty Dane over here. Mm-hmm. But like, I do think, yeah, like the draft it's a weird experience but seeing everybody on that same floor is kind of cool like uh, just thinking how much you know just i would love just to be a fly on the wall like just being able to walk around on that floor just overhearing all the conversations like i do think you would lose something if you put it uh do it remote Uh, it is there is no other sport where you're getting that close to the draft picks yeah yeah, like the, when you're in the concourse, walking past the draft picks and their families and stuff like that. I, and it's funny too, seeing like them have to, you know, climb over in front of like these random fans that are in there. Some guy in his, you know, Pecorino jersey is in the way of one of the draft picks, or like, th- there's always the awkward interaction. Like, what do I do with my coat? Where do I take it with me? Do I hand it off? Like, yeah, they do. Do I take it off before I, I leave you, the seat? You progressively like, saw the age of that uh, Oilers kid as he got older and yeah. his afro got bigger. Right. Yeah. Um. Also, just a really cool thing the access that you have to these draft picks because and I think that's something unique to hockey because you look at the NFL and you look at the NBA and 
the kids who are getting drafted into those leagues They're are already, already superstars. Yeah. Whereas Dane just brought up the fact that he saw Daniil Boot. How many people in North America knew who Daniil Boot was going into the draft? I don't even know who he is right now. Exactly. Like, <laughs> So it's, I think it's something that is unique to the NHL that only works in that in that setting, and it's something the NHL doesn't have a whole lot of things that they can hold over the other leagues and say, ha-ha, look at this thing that I have that you can't do. And I will say, doing the draft in Nashville, huge success. Do the draft in Nashville, Vegas. Vegas Nashville, year. Vegas. Oh, man. Maybe Seattle, draft I think, again is the following year. one. I think they guaranteed yeah. Seattle a draft. It's not the same. Yeah. I mean, it's better. Okay, thinking about it. It's probably better to do drafts in the cold weather cities rather than doing an all-star game or something there. Because I know the players love when the all-star game is in Vegas or Tampa or one of the fun cities. Like when it was in St. Louis, what was that, 2020, and everybody just complained about it, mm-hmm. having to go to St. Louis in February. I get that. I mean, so I, I, I guess you could get away with it. Like the draft in Chicago was was fun. I'm sure players enjoyed going out, on the, or the execs enjoyed going out on the town in Chicago. Like in the summer, I guess it doesn't matter as much. But yeah, do it in a place like Nashville See, all that, the time. That was a great point, though, too. Yeah, that was where I, I lost my train of thought, where I was like, man. Uh, it was the perfect. And it actually did storm, but it was the perfect storm this year, I think. Oh, and the, the Blackhawks getting the first overall pick. I, I said there was only a couple places I, w- I would have went. I wasn't going to drive to St. Louis because I, I had to take a vacation. Like, it was my vacation. I went to Nashville, watched a draft. It was awesome. I was only going to go to Nashville. Vegas, Chicago to watch a draft. I'm not going to Minneapolis. I'm not going to St. Louis. I'm not going to Columbus. Sorry, yeah. Columbus. But um, I'm also planning on going to Vegas uh, for the draft this upcoming year. I got, got friends out there. so If you're listening to this and you own a small business, want to sponsor uh, just three guys talking hockey. In Vegas. Yeah. You could do a podcast from your basement or something if you want. Like We'll do it from your restaurant. We'll do it whatever. If you, get us if you want to give us money for the craps table, we can, yeah, we'll, we'll do whatever you Dane will do whatever you want. <laughs> yes, that's the that'll do. Uh, Dane, that'll do. Dane is the salesman of the group. He's but, willing to go above and beyond. Yeah. Wink, wink. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> now we go. <laughs> but Nashville was just like because the thing that made was so cool about Nashville too is that city is always a party seven days a week. Like we're going out in all our decked out in all our Hawks gear, and like nobody even knew the draft was going on because there was just that much other stuff going on in Nashville. Like. Well, and here's the thing too is Vegas is going to be the same way. Like, there's just it's just there's so much of a buzz that like. But I was also like, why is the draft on a Wednesday? And then when I was in Vegas or Nashville, Nash Vegas on the weekend, I was like, oh, yeah, the yeah. city would have been <laughs> over. Like, it would have been to, terrible. Like, they shut down the street to put that one stage out there. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been a mess. Uh, no, doing they that. Na- they nailed it. They yeah, absolutely I mean, nailed it. How often do we say the NHL nailed something? Not a lot. And, and, and that is so NHL. We're sitting here like, oh man, that draft was and they're so gonna awesome. Change it. They're like, let me take that <laughs> yeah. from you. Okay. Yeah. Let's make this a boring Zoom conference call. Now, I will say, in uh, in regards to the merch, though, I thought their merch this year sucked. And I'm a big merch guy. That's just a consumer thing. merch from the draft? Uh, I did when it was in Chicago because okay. they had yeah. some nice... Yeah. It, it, it's... It's part of the city and yeah. it's kind of like adjacent the to your only, team. The only merch I got was a Nashville draft branded guitar pick that Evo gave me at the bar. <laughs> he bought like a whole box of them or something. He was just had a, too many guitar picks that he knew what to do with. I have a Kuz- guy doesn't even play guitar. I have, yeah, a, right. I have a Nashville Predator koozie signed by Steve Sullivan. Blackhawks legend. Blackhawks legend, Steve Sullivan. Yeah. So it's kind of a cool piece. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I, that I is a unique piece of uh, memorabilia. I just felt pretty lucky too with it in my back pocket and I, I still have it to this day. So is it in your back pocket right now? 
That's for you to find out. I, I don't want that's for. I don't want to be feeling that, your back. That's, that's for a willing sponsor to find yeah. out. Yeah. All right. Well, and we've absolutely gone off the rails and did a little draft recap. Um, so. Before we move on to the next order of business, Miles Wood. Anybody updates Miles Wood uh, appreciation so, hour? So Miles Wood, uh, three games so far. He's got a goal, and that was in their season opener for Colorado. Um, he's averaging around 12 minutes of ice time per oh, game. Good for, that's big. For uh, him. He's got eight shots on net. He's a he's his plus minus is even. He's only got the one point. What's his Corsi? Um, his oh, has he been featured on Book Talk? Uh, damn, I was Leo. I was efforting this, and then you asked me to sorry, pull up the advance. Sorry, stats. sorry, I am. Uh, sorry, oh. I thought we just had our our Miles Wood stats ready to go. I thought the Book Talk thing was funny. Yeah, we'll give you. All I'll right. give you Nux for that. Yeah, sympathy Nux. Yeah, we're just that wasn't sympathy Nux. That was like a it was well a, done Nux. Thank you, thank you. This is Nux a, of appreciation. Yeah, that's a new thing. Yeah, don't get hmm. used to it. No, I won't. <laughs> okay, so honestly, it, it kind of gave me like a sympathy Nux are probably going to be more. Uh, his yeah. his Corsi four at even strength is forty seven point four percent. That's a number. Yeah. Um, What's the, <laughs> that's out of a thousand? I don't I don't know of course that well. So fifty means like average, right? Yeah. So so he's um, below. I mean, but it's miles we're talking about. Yeah. The so, stats don't measure what he provides. Um, his time he's averaging thirteen oh eight time on ice. That's oh. more. I thought you said a different number already. Who cares? It started at like twelve thirty. Yeah. I think. He's going up. All right. Miles he's Wood. got he's got point one points shares right now. Do we still get to fan vote a player to the All Star game? They've they've like rigged it. Like they they limit after, who you can yeah, yeah after like you can like John Scott mm. while that was fun ruined it forever. yeah because now they like, kind of cherry pick like who you can worth it and the, worth year, it. the year after like, I think I think Mario from CHGO tried like Jake McCabe was like the the best gimmick player you could do from the Hawks and last the, year the guy after the John Scott year because then they were like they gave you a certain yeah. number of guys and that's kind of how they do it now like. and the guy that they voted in was Zemgis Gergensen I thought that was 2015 no but well, like the whole cool. country of Latvia voted for yes. him. that was yeah. that was before John Scott because the that was the year fan before? vote was the Hawks and Zemgus, and oh, it was okay. it was the funniest thing. It was also okay because he was still like the third best player. Yeah, on Buffalo it was a too. bad Buffalo. That was a Buffalo team that was trying to lose games. So Terrible jerseys okay. too. Yeah, with, that was a horrible era. The navy blue with and this, the yellow. Uh, uh, I had that alternate. Oh, I'm ashamed. Disgusting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, now I I need my own sympathy knocks for that because I can't believe, I can't believe I thought that was a good jersey. No, no, like um, I would. When like I in like NHL 14, I'd play like you almost get like when you're in the video game, you purposely sometimes make teams wear their worst uniforms. Like just they pop a little bit. Like I you're just like sometimes like I, when I'm playing like the Islanders, I'd make them wear those ugly black ones with like the football oh, style numbers. God. Like just to be like those are so ugly that like I have to make them wear them in the game. Like <laughs> you have to if you're playing against them. Yeah, you're exactly. Just punishing yeah. the other. Just team. go out there, run up the score on them, just hit them after the whistle and stuff for just wearing ugly uniforms. <laughs> Well, that was Zemgus Gergensen. We got yeah. anything else? Uh, Table Teravinen, best player in the league right now. That's that's all I got to say about that. Easily. Yep. Um, no, I th- I think this we. Hopefully, you're not sick of hearing us right now. This this was we did that hockey. Yeah, the <laughs> hockey has been discussed. Uh, we'll be doing it again sometime in the near future. But again. Tell your friends. Tell everyone that will listen about us. Follow us on social media, even if you can't find our handle. We'll uh, we'll do a better job at getting putting that word out Dane, there. The handles, Instagram. Tell us right now. Oh my god! Uh, moves at the blue line. Spell Twitter. Moves at the BL. BL letters. 
a capital B, capital L. Thank I don't you. Think that matters, but thank you. And so that's where you can find us. Tell your neighbors, tell your parents, tell your boss, tell the co-workers you don't like, tell everybody about us, follow us. We will be doing stuff if we get to totals. We don't know what they are yet, but stuff and things. Woo! Get ready for it. Uh, so for, for Dane, for Joey, this is Leo. Thanks for listening and leave us alone. We got stuff to do. So <laughs> see you when we see you. I don't give a f- I'm not eating this tuna, okay? Shut up!